Tailgating Jesus Reflections from Mark's Gospel for Lent 2021 Hello, my name is Ferran Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. Some 30 years ago, I was a curate in Cork and I was invited by a rector there to speak at a harvest service in October. The parish was in West Cork and I travelled from the city and I agreed to meet the rector uh, on the main road between Bandon and Skibbereen because we were going to go into the countryside and I didn't know the way. The rector concerned was legendary in the Diocese of Cork and particularly for his very, very fast driving. And so my own rector said, whatever you do, don't lose him, tailgate him, stay close and follow him to the church or you will get lost. Well, when I did meet with the rector, I did tailgate him and we were going at a rapid, rapid rate. It was a scary and hairy drive until we reached the church and we were able to celebrate harvest together. Tailgating Jesus in Lent is keeping close to him, learning of him, following him. And in this series from Mark's Gospel, we're going to look at some of the places that Jesus and his followers went on that journey from Galilee to Jerusalem, where Jesus had his destiny of the cross and the empty tomb for Easter. In Mark chapter 8 and verse 27, Mark records, And Jesus went on his way to the villages of Caesarea Philippi and on the way. Caesarea Philippi is an important place in the story of Jesus of Nazareth because it's the turning point in the Gospels. The three Gospels of Mark, of Matthew and Luke, the so-called synoptic or similar Gospels. All three evangelists see Caesarea Philippi as the hinge the turning point of their Gospels. What do we know about Caesarea Philippi? Well, geographically, it was on the lower slopes of Mount Hermon in the north of Israel, the source of the River Jordan to this day. Historically, it was a place associated with paganism. In Old Testament times, it was associated with the fertility god Baal. And when the Greeks moved eastwards, it became home to their god, Pan, the nature deity. And at the time of Jesus, Herod the Great had a temple built in honour of Caesar Augustus. And Herod's son, Philip, consolidated the worship and deification of the Roman emperor, Augustus, by enlarging the place and calling it Caesarea Philippi. It was here, in this avowedly pagan place, that Jesus withdraws in private, with his followers, his disciples. Place. I want to suggest to you that Caesarea Philippi resonates with our time and place. Caesarea Philippi was a multi-layered pagan place, just like the places that you and I live in. Like those early followers of Jesus, the context of our discipleship, our following of Jesus, is paganism. That is, the gods of human creation and imagination, the so-called other gods, the counterfeit gods of today. 
We can give them classical names, if you like, and I hope that you will recognise them for what they really are. They include Mars, the god of war and violence. Mammon, the god of the economy, where more is much. Aphrodite, the goddess of love, of sexuality, of sensuality, of promiscuity. Gaia, the earth goddess. Bacchus, the god of wine, intoxication. Fortuna, the goddess of luck, the lotto god. It could be you. All of these and more shape our lives, entice us, seduce us, calling for our allegiance and attention. And Christ alone demands our allegiance and loyalty. In whatever place you find yourself, at this time in 2021, Jesus calls us away from all the sideshows to himself. A turning point, a road less travelled by. Puzzle. In their time together, as they made their way to Caesarea Philippi and to their retreat there, their withdrawal there, Jesus poses a question for his disciples. This is how Mark puts it. Who do people say that I am? In other words, what are people saying about me, Jesus asks, a so-called vox pop. The consensus, according to his disciples, is again recorded by Mark. And they told him, John the Baptist, and others say Elijah, and others, one of the prophets. In other words, Jesus is one of God's spokesmen. He's the latest in the line of prophets, ranging from his contemporary, John the Baptist, stretching right back to Elijah. Jesus, according to people, is a prophetic figure, a blast from the past. And then Jesus turns the tables and asks his disciples a specific question. And he asked them, but who do you say that I am? It's a loaded question. And it is Simon Peter, the spokesperson for the disciples, who just comes out with that. Listen to what he says. You are the Christ. Can you feel the import of the moment? It's a staggering declaration. What Simon Peter is saying is at least this. You are not one of God's messengers, the latest in the line of prophets. You are the message. You are the Messiah. The one whom the prophets anticipated. You have come from God. In the cool of the mountain air, in Caesarea Philippi, the penny drops. Jesus, Messiah, the Christ, the one God was going to send to save and deliver his people, had arrived. For Mark, the theologian, who is Jesus? He is the promised saviour. 
He is the one who has come to ransom people from their sins. The question Jesus asked his disciples is still the question. Who is Jesus? For many in our society, Jesus is a puzzle, an enigma. It's not the question many people are asking today. It's not up there in the questions of our times. Like, when will lockdown finish? When will we be able to resume normal life after the coronavirus? But it is still the question. For the Jesus Christians believe in is the key to being human, the key to life with God, and the key to all human history. These are startling claims that many contest and reject, even at the Church of Jesus Christ. But is it a question that you have answered? Is it a question you are clear about and have settled? Or is it a question at all? Puzzle.